Welcome to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern, the radio show for entrepreneurs and business owners, leaders, and dreamers. Learn more at newsradioklbj.com and onemanbrandradio.com. Now, here's Ray. This is One Man Brand Radio, News Radio KLBJ, voice of the entrepreneur. And I can tell John Kuntz Waterloo Record, that is not your first time rocking a microphone. <laughs> Welcome to One Man Brand Radio, John. Why, thank you, Ray. Great so, to be here. Going way back with, I think the first time, John, that, that I met you. We'll drill a little deeper and this was when you guys were out on, on South Lamar there. That was the original location, Correct, right? Yeah, right. yeah mm-hmm. There wasn't a location before that. This would have been 88 mm-hmm. when we launched KTSB Student Radio. You guys were super supportive of us. But let's just start at the beginning. Man, it seems like the music business is going through weird changes. Disruption of retail has been a huge thing. Right. But mm-hmm. Waterloo Records is like this iconic brand that it seems to be bucking the trends and seems to be stable and just as strong as ever. Is that really the case? And what's going on? Well, I mean, you know, definitely retail overall has been challenged a great deal. And for what we sell is available all over the place, any way you want it, whether it's streaming or downloading and, and, uh, you know, we sell downloads on our website, just like lots of other retailers do. But, you know, most people only think there's two places they can do that or, you know, Amazon, iTunes, and they're kind of done, you know, and there's lots of places where they can stream. But there's a sensibility that is probably more prevalent in places like Austin, mm-hmm. where there are so many creatives that, you know, this music really means something to me. Mm-hmm. And it really, you know, helped me in my life or made my life more fun or, you know, whatever that may be. But mm-hmm. there's people out there that really want to show their support to the people that create what it is. Mm-hmm. Or, and they want something physically that they can hold in their hands. Mm-hmm. And the whole um, vinyl renaissance, the yeah. vinyl resurgence has been something that a bunch of like-minded retailers kind of helped foster a great deal. Ten years later, two-thirds of my business is in, in music sales is vinyl, and only one-third is CDs. One Man Brand Radio with John Kuntz, founder of Waterloo Records, our guest. So I've been in your store a good many record store days, for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I met, I was you know, I was going to bring some of my best finds, but that Flaming Lips box set from a few years back right. was, was really good. Mm-hmm. The Foo Fighters rare cuts that has the picture of the steak on the front is also... <laughs> One of my favorite ones that I got that day. But the trick here is that I guess by really speaking to that felt need of your most passionate customers, right? Right. Which, which is vinyl consumers these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Right, right. That, uh, that you, you, you create this sort of tentpole for them. And a lot of what I've done has been really more about indie local bands back in the day. But, exactly. you know, the last several years, my thing has been more about helping business owners. But you offer such an interesting convergence of those two, which is your role of leadership and really getting it and a lot of people don't get it this idea that the rising tide can bring up more than just your boat and i and i've always really admired that not just about you but a lot of people it's an austin ethic it is it really is a vibe that that there's something powerful that happens when when the community thrives you look at aaron franklin he's happy when the other barbecue joints are thriving and succeeding and uh, on and on and on and i know that you carry that same ethic, that same value set when it comes to other music retailers. Yeah, you know, I think part of this goes back to a bunch of the baby boomers that landed in Austin in the 60s, 70s, and, uh, you know, just 
doing the things that we wanted to do. It was about, I'd like to see if I can't make a job for myself that's doing what I want to do. And if I'm having fun, you know, and doing a good job, you know, maybe I'll actually be able to eke out a living doing it. And there's, there's so many, you know, wonderful and now called iconic businesses Mm -hmm. from those days that, that are around that shared that ethos. It was like, you know, in Houston or Dallas, they're thinking about how do you put the money first and then do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But we were thinking, how do I put creativity or fun or just community first? And hopefully maybe the money will follow and, you know, and maybe it'll be enough to afford rent next month. (laughs) What attracted you to retail though, about starting a music uh, retail shop? How'd you, how how did you get on that path in the first place? Um, You know, it's, um, my wife kids me that, you know, when I was a kid growing up in Houston, uh, whenever there was a big rainstorm, I'd be trudging through the bar ditches with my wagon, picking up crawfish and trying to fill up a whole wagon of them. And I knew who were all the uh, all the Louisiana transplants were in Houston. And I'd show up at their front doorstep with a wagon full of uh, crawfish to sell. So she thinks that's where my retailing started. Just but, a natural entrepreneur. But, but, you know, I mean... The reality is uh, music's one of my biggest loves Mm -hmm. and I have no musical talent whatsoever. So it was a way that I could share the music I liked with other people and maybe get that record before someone else could and and get a chance to listen to it by the time it came out. So that was kind of it in a nutshell for me. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. Let's talk about business vision. Let's talk about adapting because really uh, as much as you say that there's been a resurgence in the industry and it's clear when you walk in your store, the truth is that there's a lot of survival survival of the fittest in the history of retail and in particular the history of music retail there's a lot of players whether you talk about those iconic other institutions like record exchange sound exchange mm-hmm, right. uh, abcds music made on and on and on you know there's been a lot of record stores music stores that have come and gone but waterloo endures so speak to the entrepreneurs out there about the importance of innovation and adapting to survive in in business since the turn of the century, 90% of the record stores that were around then have bit the dust. Mm-hmm. The ones that have survived, I think, are the ones that were flexible and nimble and and really grounded, connected, part of the glue of their community. And uh, that's kind of where I see Waterloo being. That's where, you know, the other places here in town, End of an Ear, Encore, Breakaway, uh, Antones, you know, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of record stores in this town, and this town is a music town, so it deserves to have a bunch of great record stores you know but i think some of the smartest or most savvy things we ever did was connect up with uh, other like-minded businesses 21 years ago we uh, helped found a coalition of independent music stores and so i've got business associates or partners or whatever you would want to call it that are all over the country some of the smartest music retailers in the business and we share our success stories we share our pitfalls and mistakes and uh, it's it's really a great way to have kind of a, a non-competing board of directors that you can share ideas and dreams and all that kind of stuff with. 
One Man Brand Radio here with John Coons from Waterloo Records. It's not uncommon for an independent store like Waterloo Records that was right there on South Lamar, I remember back in the day. Not uncommon for a store like that to partner up with College Radio. But from my point of view, it just felt like there was just this awesome, organic, Austin thing that was going on. Mm-hmm, yeah, right. You know, and, uh, and, and it seems like through the years, whether it's what you guys have done with uh, the KGSR CDs up the hall here, you know, right. K- that you guys did with... Uh, with Jody and them back in the beginning and you supported me and my Kanak CDs right. when we did those. Connecting with the community has always been an important part to my eye of what Waterloo's all about. You tell me. Absolutely. You know, we started with three kind of pillars that, that worked really, really well for us and still do to this day, which is you could come in and listen to anything in the store. Mm-hmm. And back in 82 when we started, that was kind of unheard of. Pretty in uncommon, record, yeah. In record stores. And, yeah. you know... 15, 20 years later, every record store in the country was doing it. Uh-huh. We said you could bring anything back that you weren't satisfied with as long as it was, you know, in brand new condition. And everyone told us that was going to put us out of business. But instead, <laughs> that made people flock to us because, again, uh-huh. back in 82, the only record you could bring back to a record store was one that was warped or skipped or something of that sort. Right. And then you'd get the same record back. It's, mm-hmm. You couldn't come in and say, you know, hey, I wanted the live version and this is the studio version, but right. but you could at our store. Interesting. And, and then the last thing was, you know, filing things just alphabetically A to Z and not breaking them up into categories. Mm-hmm. And uh, then everyone said, I wish I could do that, but I can't. But then the internet came along and you could actually buy a, you know, Miles Davis recording without saying, it's jazz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. You, you could just type in Davis uh-huh. and, and then sure. there you are. So uh, the internet kind of backed us up on that one. Let's talk about, to your point, the idea that Waterloo remains relevant to these ensuing generations of music fans. And it's funny, the movie High Fidelity, okay, <laughs> is largely about the quirks and eccentricities mm-hmm. of people that work inside the music. You're thinking of John Cusack, and you got, of course, Jack Black's character. Right. Give me your thoughts on the quirks and eccentricities of these tastemakers that you employ to work in your store. Uh, you know, I am so proud of the staff I've got at my store. Yeah. They, I mean, I've, I always tell them and I tell everyone else, they are what makes Waterloo the best record store on the planet. Yeah, I'm maybe the figurehead or whatever of the store, but we're open 13 hours a day, seven days a week, sure, uh, 363 days a year, and that doesn't happen with one person, you know. When you look at all the, uh, you know, two to three free in-store performances we feature in any given week and 28 in-store performances over four days during South by Southwest and all the signings we do at all the music festivals uh, here in Austin, like ACL Fest. And when High Fidelity, the book, first came out mm-hmm. and I was reading it and and my wife caught me laughing or something at, uh-huh. a part and she goes, what is that book? And I'm like, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. You don't, don't want to read this. And I was right. like trying to keep it away from her because it, I felt like it, too many secrets. Oh, you know? that's, that's, that's so funny. 